I tell all of our uh, contractors or individuals who are helping uh, get jobs, if they finish an interview, write a thank you card, right? Just go to Vaughn's, Albertsons. They have like eight packs of blank cards. Sit down and just write every hiring manager, every person you spoke to, a quick thank you card. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to meet with me. I look forward to hearing from you. It's amazing how simple and how far that goes. Because what happens is you interview on a Tuesday. You write a thank you card when you get home. You drop it in the mail Tuesday, Wednesday. They get the card on Friday. Well, between Tuesday and Friday, they probably interview three or four other people. All of a sudden, they've got this card from you that says thank you. Right away, it says, wow, great follow through, great communication skills. Person's on it. They're really interested. I mean, it's not going to guarantee you the job, but I'll tell you what, it will put you front of mind. In this day and age, all it takes is everyone is so competitive, so close. It's that little edge that's going to make a difference. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we have Keith Fiscus, who is the founder and CEO of Innovative Career Resources and Staffing, a firm that helps accountants, finance uh, executives, biotech professionals, and all sorts of others find jobs, many of them right out of school. In today's show, Keith's going to talk about being raised by a single mother, going into the military, becoming a nurse and then becoming a CEO. Not the typical path, but someone listening has this path. He's going to talk about being believed in by others more than he believed in himself and what an impact that made on him. He'll talk about helping people, but not with a handout, with a hand up. What a wonderful concept. And when we get to his regrets, he really has none because he's gained wisdom from all his experience. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Keith Fiscus, welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Thank you for making time for our show. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Well, I really appreciate it. Well, we start off the show the same way every time. We get a different answer from every person we talk to. What is your definition of excellence? Matt, actually, I got a, I have a few you know uh, bullet points. Really, um, you know, number one, you got to get after it before your competitor. You need to shut down after your competitor shuts down. You need to work harder. I know the old adage, right? The early bird gets the worm, but that is true in life and in business. You need to know your industry. You want to be a resource, not a problem, and offer solutions, right? Even if it's not the correct solution, at least your wheels are turning. You're participating in the troubleshooting process. You know, that that's critical, critical in itself, especially from a management perspective. And then, you know, the old adage, have an Always, always a strong, firm handshake and eye contact. Nothing nothing shows more respect than that. So, you know, uh, most of the people listening to this show are in their 20s. They may be in college. They may be right out of college. How does getting after it before your competition and shutting down 
after your competition. How do you translate that into a college student's life or an early uh, professional's life? Absolutely. Um, you know, from the college perspective, it's not rocket science, right? I mean, you're prepping for class, you're prepping for your, for your test. Don't be a procrastinator, you know, get after it, get after it early. You know what's expected, when it's expected, get after it. Same in the industry. When I started my company, you know, I was a little guy. I was renting, a, you know, an eight by 10 office from another uh, sublease from another office space, right? You know, I showed up every morning at six o'clock. I'm prepped. I'm ready to go. 805, I'm making sales calls. I was dialing for dollars. Five o'clock, everyone's shutting down. Seven o'clock at night, I'm still working. I'm dialing for dollars. I'm doing my research. So, uh, on competitors, on and on clients, potential, you know, leads. So get after it early and, you know, don't stop when your competitor stops. That's their problem, not yours. Keep going. Yeah. One of my buddies will say his name's Scott because his name is Scott. Uh, one of my <laughs> buddies, he, he said that the kids that you're hanging out with in high school and college, they remember. And so he was talking to me about, you know, you know how sometimes parenting goes and you've got to deal with some of those circumstances like, you know, drinking or marijuana or whatever it is. So we're talking about one of those. And one of the ways that he was uh, helping his child understand, you know, you got to be careful about that stuff is he was saying, hey, you never know. You never know when that person's going to be the head of a company you want to work with. Your reputation will carry. So if you're in college or you're 23 years old uh, working in a company or subleasing a space in someone else's company, they see you show up early. They see you leave late. Uh, if you're a student, like you say, it isn't rocket science. You can wait to start studying to the day before the test, or you can study every single day. You, know, you can procrastinate every single day till everything's absolutely urgent. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And you kind of hinted at it. You started ICR staffing after kind of an interesting career, raised by a single mom. You got some great uh, role models in your grandparents. You did what I did, worked your butt off in the summers, played team sports, went to Sunday summer camp. Your parents forced you to have family dinners and anybody listening, the number one way to ensure your children are successful, literally, statistically, the number one Sunday dinners as a family. And uh, Richard and Linda Ayer, Family Values or FamilyParenting.com, they talk about that. It's amazing what that does. Then you went into this uh, combat medic role and thank you for your service and congratulations on your son uh, joining you as an airborne army in, not enlistee. Is he an officer? Or is he enlistee? He was a he was a uh, enlisted NCO. He's out now, but yeah, he went in. He was a medic as well. Oh, he was. Okay. Well, congratulations and thank you to you both. Uh, so you cut you you joined the military. You're a combat medic. You go into nursing afterwards, which makes perfect sense, right? You're kind of doing that already, and then all of a sudden, you're the CEO and founder. Uh, innovative career resources and staffing. How do you make that jump? How do you go from, you know, one complete opposite direction to another? What happened? Sure. Yeah. I mean, an interesting story. Um, I love healthcare. I love nursing. You know, um, when I was 12, uh, my, one of my uncles, he was like my mentor, right? My parents divorced. And he was the guy who stepped in, took me to the, the Dodger games and the Angel games and, you know, really a big part of my life growing up. And he went on to medical school. So, of course, I wanted to be a doctor. 
And I went to visit him. I was about 12. I went to visit him while he was at medical school back at, uh, back in West Virginia. And he took me on a tour. We were in this room and they had all these gray silver boxes. And I said, Hey, what's, you know, what's in there? He said, I don't know, take a look. So I opened it up and of course there's a cadaver, right? So as a 12 year old, totally scared the, scared the crap out of me. But from there, I kind of started getting this kind of interest in science. So again, joined the military, became a medic, became a nurse, and I did that for several years, loved it. Unfortunately, I happened to get divorced. And um, fortunately for myself, I won custody of my then five-year-old son. So it was just him and I, you know, and uh, I'm dating myself, but there used to be a show on TV when I was a little kid called The Courtships of Eddie's Father. And that was a series about a single dad and his little boy. And um, so anyways, did nursing for several years, which was an amazing schedule for that. But then after a while, I wanted kind of back to your point, as far as family dinners, always home, him sleeping in his own bed, so on and so forth. So I took a month off and just really started to think, what do I want to do with my career? I love science. It has to be science oriented. What can I do where I can have a Monday to Friday job? And I had several uh, friends and family members who were in human resources and they're like, hey, have you thought about being a recruiter? I didn't even know what that was. And actually, around that time, that's when kind of technical or scientific recruiting was really an up-and-coming industry. So I did some research, looked into that. I applied to a company. I got the job based on my medical background. Great opportunity. Hung out there for about a year and a half until I realized that, like most entrepreneurs, I can do it better, stronger, faster. And uh, that was it. Put a business plan together. Submitted it, took out a uh, personal loan for $50,000, and that was 19 years ago today. Today? Today's the anniversary? Yeah. Wow. Happy anniversary. That's interesting. So in your definition of excellence, you talk about knowing an industry. So you're a combat medic. You're a nurse, an ER nurse, I believe. You know the industry. You get a new job in a new company in a similar kind of uh, side industry, and you spend a year and a half learning that industry before you go all in, borrow some money, and start the business on your own. Correct. You know, you, you don't always have to be the search, uh, smartest guy in the room, right? You know, hopefully hire the smartest people in the room, and we can just step back, look, let them do their thing. When I started that uh, in the recruiting industry, I didn't obviously know everything, but I had a strong enough science background where I could sit down and talk to a laboratory director. I could understand what he needed, what he wanted, or she needed, or what she, you know, she wanted. So I had enough science micro background. And that's basically what we started initially was a pure science recruiting company. So that's how I started to kind of really, you know, be an industry expert per se is because I had a little bit of background, but then I just jumped in with both feet and just really dug in research and just did my homework. And you don't have to know the industry completely. You don't have to know everything there is to know. You're going to continue learning as you do a job. You will become the best over time, not instantaneously. I do think it's interesting. And I, I know this podcast tends to lean towards the entrepreneurship uh, world. And, I, and the classification, I think, is entrepreneurism in iTunes. And I, I keep saying I wish it was careers. I probably could change that. Many of the people I come on here are CEOs and, you know, about a third of the CEOs we know are entrepreneurs and some are hired and some are family businesses. 
I wish I was one of the family businesses, by the way. <laughs> you moved into business. You moved into being a CEO. You moved into borrowing money in your own name with a personal guarantee. You moved into going away from a job with a paycheck into a company that you were starting. For freedom, is that what I heard you say? So you could do the family dinner, so you could be like that TV show that neither I nor anyone on this call on this podcast has ever heard of before because you are that old? Yes, sir. Is that right? Free that entrepreneurship is. for freedom. Absolute freedom, right? Um, I'm, not a, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a very good worker for people, you know? I, I don't take management well, so um, no, it was pure the ability to have, to provide my family a lifestyle where I could be there. My son had a baseball game. I was there. If he had a hockey game, I was there. I did. I wasn't beholden to anyone other than my employees and my clients. I did a time management podcast where I talked about, Hey, you can figure this out in a couple of weeks and you've got to be a little bit of a dork. You got to start using a calendar. You've got to give up on whatever this super cool image of your spontaneous self is and start writing things down because you know, what's dorkier than being 23 with a calendar being 35 stuck in the office and missing your daughter's water polo game, yeah. which is what I've got going on tonight. And I'm looking okay. forward to going and watching Kennedy score a couple goals. So I'm assuming if uh, you're hard to manage and you're a horrible person uh, at working for other people <laughs> and you plan on leaving your business in a year and a half and starting another company, you should not go to icr-staffing.com and you should not look for a job with Keith, but you might be a great entrepreneur one day. So let's deal with the entrepreneurship. And I know we're going to get into what you see that college students are missing. Sure. But- uh, you decide you want to be an entrepreneur. What gave you the confidence? What were you like in high school? What was happening uh, around college time? And I know you, like Mike Cato, never finished college. What gave you the confidence to say, no, I could do this uh, faster, cheaper, better than these people I'm working for? People who believed in me actually more than I believed in myself. You know, and that's True to life, my own kids, you know, uh, we all have our own insecurities. If you don't have any, then you're lying to yourself. But, um, you know, I had a, I had a, a great experience. Uh, military was amazing. Learned a lot of incredible things. A lot of great friends, family, amazing. But there was always that, yeah, like you said, I'm going from having a paycheck, punching a clock, knowing what's around the corner to absolutely zero. It was the first six months of uh, running my company. We were absolutely sleepless nights, not knowing where, you know, when the check was going to come in, if a check was going to come in. So it was scary straight up. It was, uh, it was scary, probably scary for my wife because she, her and I got married about the same time I started the company. So her, her parents are probably thinking, oh my God, who did you marry? This guy doesn't have a job, but no, it was just people just believed in me and that helped me to continue to, to believe in myself and just keep going. You know, I had a dream. I had a goal. I had an objective. And, you know, like you mentioned, not a high school, um, dropped out of high school, you know, so I couldn't fall back on that. Didn't go to college per se. I didn't have anybody pushing me to go to college, which is ironic because my grandfather was the, uh, you know, dean of the business school at Long Beach State. I got uncles who are professors, so on and so forth. But you know, based on my circumstances, um, no one was ever saying, hey, you're going to college. You know, my kids don't know it's an option. It's like, no, yeah, once high school, you're done with college. God bless you. You know, we move on. But so I don't know if I answered your question. Sorry, I 
preamble a little bit. You you answered it in, in an interesting way, and I don't know what the percentage is, but I have the same same circumstance, and I've heard it from other people before. There were people that believed in me more than I believed in myself, and I say to people in our companies, "Don't let me believe in you more than you believe in yourself." And I'll go to a do a speech in Indiana last week, and I make them come up with five things awesome about themselves, and there's one person that can't. So I list off five things in like five seconds. Like, wait a second, how can I come up with that? And I've known you for an hour and a half and you can't come up with that yourself. But I was in the same boat. I had uh, Marty Rothstein used to call me Senator. And my grandparents flew me to England to get away from my parents because I was such a horrible kid and they knew that I would be better (laughs) if I got away. And, you know, my parents believed in me. And, you know, I was kind of a punk kid. Yep. You know, I was bored in New Mexico looking for ways to entertain myself, sometimes at the expense of others. I did figure it out, figured it out in freshman year of college. I changed my ways, but people believed in me. What have you done to honor those people that believed in you more than you believed in yourself? Being my best self, you know, continually, you know, um, showing respect to those who uh, who have gone before me, those who have passed, trying to my best to be a, uh, um, a role model to give back, right. To help. Um, if I can give a, you know, not a, not a handout, but a help, a hand up. Right. And if I can help other younger entrepreneurs, or even if you're not an entrepreneur, if I can help you get into another industry, get a first job, if I can help coach you, then I'm giving back from my perspective. Right. I mean, and just one thing, you know, never stop learning. I am constantly learning. I'm constantly reading which is, is huge because things are changing so fast. And as you mentioned earlier, I am old. I am an old man, I suppose. So I got to stay on top of, I got to stay on top of things going on out there. Well, I, and I like that. Not a handout, but a hand up. And I will say a lot of people were in your boat. You know, they, they were in the military, but they didn't grasp what they were getting. They worked at that same company you worked at. They didn't grasp what they were getting. So you're taking advantage of what you had, right? You're noticing what you're learning and you're leveraging it. And that gets you over time to that edge of excellence. So as you look at other kids, all these people that, and I I love it, not a handout, but a hand up. You you work with people that need jobs. Uh, You work helping people find dream careers. Sometimes you have to coach people into changing their career ideas. What are you seeing with people coming out of college? What are they missing? What are the schools not doing to help these people be the best that they can be by the time they get to you looking for a career? You know, it's, I'm constantly amazed at, A, how many new graduates that we work with and talk to who've never had a job. From my perspective, you know, I started working gosh, probably at 12, whether it was selling candy door to door or starting my own little quote unquote detail company, washing cars. They probably looked worse when I was done washing them than before I started washing them. But I was, you know, I was grinding paper boy, so on and so forth. So I talked to these, uh, these, these, uh, you know, young graduates, it's, they don't understand, um, you know, kind of how it works. I've had people say, why did you take so much money out of my check? I said, well, that's called taxes. Unfortunately, we all have to pay them. But I don't think they're prepared, right? They're, I don't think they're prepared to interview. I don't think they're prepared for the real expectation of what the salary is going to look like, right? Even though they just spent the last four to five years in college, you know, maybe a great school. They've dedicated, they've worked hard, which is amazing. 
but you still don't know anything. You know, everything you know is academic. So a company, they don't realize the company has to, you know, they're going to hire them, but they're going to spend, you know, thousands of dollars training them, getting them, you know, up to speed. You know, the back part of, you know, the business that we don't talk to our employees about, but, you know, what does it cost to employ you? You know, it's costing me money to put you to work. I've got overhead, benefits, all these things, right? So just them having an open mind and the humility to kind of understand that. You know, one of my pet peeves, it's not really a pet peeve, but one thing I wish, I wish the younger generation would do, I think would help them be successful. I do it to this day. Uh, But, you know, as my 14 year old says, I'm a boomer, but I handwrite thank you cards, right? I, to this day, will handwrite a thank you card with any client that I have interaction with. I tell all of our uh, contractors or individuals who are helping uh, get jobs, if they finish an interview, write a thank you card, right? Just go to Vaughn's, Albertsons. They have like eight packs of blank cards. Sit down and just write every hiring manager, every person you spoke to, a quick thank you card. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to meet with me. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, it's amazing how simple and how far that goes. Because what happens is you interview on a Tuesday. You write a thank you card when you get home. You drop it in the mail Tuesday, Wednesday. They get the card on Friday. Well, between Tuesday and Friday, they probably interviewed three or four other people. All of a sudden, they've got this card from you that says, thank you. Right away, it says, wow, great follow through, great communication skills. Person's on it. They're really interested. You know, I mean, it's not going to guarantee you the job, but I'll tell you what, it will put you front of mind. In this day and age, all it takes is everyone is so competitive, so close. It's that little edge that's going to make a difference. So it's interesting. It sounds strange. You, you got to some of the above and beyond. Some of the stuff that you got to before is not above and beyond. So mandatory work, you know, Babson University, Drexel University, they have mandatory uh, internship or gotcha, whatever you call them, uh, where you work for six months. Know your job. Know what the, you said in your definition of excellence, know your industry. Well, if you're going to go be an engineer, know what the pay is. Know what's required time-wise. Uh, you know, at CollegeWorks, we have a, a little card we give everybody, and it's how we filter out the names. So we we would be getting like 100,000 people a year at one point in time before we change how we recruit, just flooding our system, wanting internships, and we're looking to hire 2,000. So we had to classify them. So we have, we did a big study, and we found out there's five things that make a difference. If you can say yes to all five we know you're going to be 256 times more successful than if you only say yes to three. And we have no measurable revenue from anyone we've ever worked with that couldn't say yes to at least one. So if you can't say yes to three, we don't even interview you. Have you worked three years or more? Have you worked 30 hours a week or more? Was your GPA a 3.0 or above? Did you play varsity sports in high school? And what's your major and what's your major? We have it classified into easy and hard. So you better believe my son, as he's in high school, I pushed that. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want to do the regular job thing. He's a deal guy. He cuts around. He works his way around things, but I still needed to make sure he got his three years in his 30 hours a weekend. I pushed him to the varsity sports because I've seen the difference between that, you know, basic requirement and not, if you've never had a job before, good luck in the interview, but then you get to above and beyond. And so above and beyond, send you a thank you card. I, I have a, a friend of my son's who's a wonderful, wonderful woman. 
super smart. Every time I talk to her, I just get so excited. Uh, she wants to go into finance and mergers and acquisitions. And I've got a couple of friends that are kind of known for that around here. So I hooked her up with a couple of friends and she didn't call back right away or she didn't uh, email right away to her. No big deal. She's used to her buddies. I talked to you today. I'll talk to you next week. To them, it was just strange. Wait a second. I didn't get a response within a few hours. So you do send up red flags to people when they're used to that professionalism. So if you're coming out of college and you want to get a job, there's a lot of good insight here. If you're already out of college and you're not getting the job you're looking for, look at your resume. It's not too late to start. Go do something crazy. You could go uh, work in the Peace Corps. That will fill up your resume in a couple uh, years pretty quickly with a lot of crazy stuff. But it needs to be something good on there to warrant somebody giving you that good job, right? Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love that survey that you guys do because that's awesome. But yeah, I you know I would you know in you know if colleges if universities made it mandatory that you know by your you know come your junior year, you know, you need to be doing an internship. I think that's huge. And, and that in itself could create a career opportunity. Like you said, there's so many, there's so many options to do, you know, Peace Corps. You know, I love when I'm reading a resume and I see that someone's been crazy as it may seem an Eagle Scout. That tells me a lot that, you know, I don't care if it was in, when that person was 14 years old or whatever that, you know, right there, that tells me dedication, commitment, hard work. So, you know, or if you've worked in high school, Right. My, my kids worked in high school and during college. And, you know, that shows commitment that shows, you know, you're willing to work, study, you know, GPA. So all those things, I try to impress that, you know, it's kind of tough after they graduate. And you're like, wow, I really wish you would have got a job, you know, and sometimes parents think they're doing their kids, you know, a favor. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a favor because they don't have to work. And, you know, I think they're handicapping them personally um, because they need to get out there. They need to know how. I had a gentleman a couple of weeks ago resign from a position and I asked him what he was going to do. He's like, ah, I don't know. I said, okay, well, do you have another job lined up? He said, no, I just don't want to get in the way of, you know, interviewing. But you, so you're leaving a job without another opportunity lined up and you don't even have interviews, but you're going to leave a job. He said, yeah. I said, all right, rookie mistake. About a week and a half later, he came back. He's like, hey, can I, can I have my job back? You know, I know I gave a two week notice. Yeah, no problem. Let's. This is a coachable moment. Let's talk about this. Wow, you're you're ni you're nicer than me. <laughs> you are nicer than me. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast. It's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. So 
you're out there. Let's say you have had the job. You've had a few of them because this is the Edge of Excellence podcast. So as one of the people I was talking to the other day said, most of the people listening to this are already on this path. So you've had the job, by the way, uh, Eagle Scout and Black Belt. You forgot Black Belt. Oh, yeah. that, that always puts you way up the list in many, many companies. So you got something cool. If you don't, you're figuring out what you're going to do that's cool. You've had some good work experience. The colleges didn't kind of lay out for you what careers are out there. The colleges didn't do a disc test with you. We're talking to a guy who went into the military and then became a CEO. Any advice on how to pick what you might love to do as a career? And what's your take on, are they picking a career or are they just picking a starting point? You know, honestly, I wanted to be a school teacher when I was growing up, uh, crazy as it may seem. And, you know, I think I, um, I don't know, I've always had this sense of just wanting to, wanting to teach or help. So, yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, kids go to college and they don't know what they want to do. They want to, they, you know, and again, there's a percentage who go in knowing exactly what, but a lot of times you don't know what you want to do. You have no idea what's out there. So I think the ability for, like you had mentioned, a disc test or some kind of test that would say, hey, you know, these are some skill sets that you have that would work great in these specific industries. You know, hard to get a job when you've, you know, got a degree in humanities and you want to get out and, you know, so, okay, what do you do with that degree? So I think career counseling is huge uh, in college, stay engaged with them. You know, and when I was in the military and there are a lot of kids graduate high school and they don't know what they want to do. It's okay. You're only 18, 17, 18 years old, right? For me, the military was a great opportunity aside from my whole family has been, been in the military. So it was kind of, you know, I guess I don't want to say the rite of passage, right? But, you know, back in the day, you know, the Indians, before they were a warrior, right? They had to prove themselves. They had to prove themselves to themselves. So, um, you know, going to the military gave me four years to really figure out who Keith was and to figure out what my passion was and what I like to do, which was healthcare, um, which then parlayed into what I do now. When I was, I, I trained with the German army several years ago. And the, I don't think Germany does it anymore, but they used to have a system where you had to do two years in the, either the military, the fire department, or some sort of nursing care. So just to give back two years of your life, plus they give you two years to kind of figure it out before you kind of launch into your career, right? So I think it's a great system. Um, anything that will allow you to, to get out of your comfort zone, to give back and really start to, instead of you know spending all this time in college, you know, and uh, coming out and have no clue what you want. Yeah, it, it's a step. That that career is a step. It's it's not the final choice. It's a step. One of the things you said, you, you went to career counseling. There are resources for people that maybe they don't know about. If you're in college, there's career counselors. If you're an alumni of a college, you can go talk to their career counselors. If you don't have either of those resources, you can talk to different people that you meet on the street that you've met before. Uh, Nicole McMacken in our podcast said, your network is your net worth. You should be expanding your network is what she said. You know, those cards, uh, uh, another guy, Darren Anderson, we were talking about an intern we both had who sends us a card and an email, Christmas, New Year's. We always know where she is. Yep. Increase your network and, and use that. 
you can go read, you can, you can study, you can read job descriptions, you can go on um, any career site and read job descriptions, and you can constantly open doors because maybe you're not prepared right now and you're 23 years old. The world is filled with people that weren't prepared at 23 years old. Today's the day, right? You, you can do this today. Well, and I think one thing that, you know, I didn't mention, and I'm sure you're a huge proponent of it, especially being that we kind of are in some of the same organizations, but find a mentor, right? If you can, and I, my biggest regret is having waited 40, 45 years before I humbled myself to realize that I can't do everything and maybe I need someone to mentor me, right? I only got, I got to a certain level and I, to get to the next level, I needed some some people who've been there, done that, right? So if you can latch on to a mentor, somebody that you respect, um, even if you're in high school, but, you know, maybe whether it's a family friend or, you know, as a business owner, I would take a call any day if someone called in and said, hey, I've got a few questions, you know, I'm doing a survey, what have you. I'm always happy. I think if you ask anyone, if, if, if they've got the time, I think if you'd reach out to most anyone, they would probably give you the time of day and just help you, you know, with, with that process. But if you latch on to someone who is successful from your perspective, you know, pick their brain, you know, take advantage of what they've got, you know, the, that knowledge that they've got. Yeah. 99% of the entrepreneurs, CEOs, leaders that Keith and I know would make the time. 99%. Absolutely. Yeah. All day. And how do you take someone from, you know, someone you met a year ago, someone, you know, sort of, how do you make them a mentor? Do you just go and ask them, Hey, will you be my mentor? Can we meet a couple times a month? Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I mean, it's it kind of back to uh, your other guests. I think you said, Nicole, right? It's your, it's your network. And um, if you're able to network with with individuals, um, granted, you know, high school, you don't have a lot of networking opportunities, but but still they've got groups and so on and so forth. And, you know, for me personally, it was looking at someone's path. What was their path like? Where are they today? Wow, that that looks great. That's that's the direction I want to go. And it's not necessarily financial, right? It's like, oh, that guy's, you know, worth, you know, a billion dollars. I want to be worth a billion dollars. Absolutely not. I'm more interested in, you know, lifestyle or the way they treat people or, you know, a good friend of ours, you know, Warren Rustand, right? It's just like, you know, the clarity of intent and just the way they live their lives. Integrity. I'm going to latch onto those people because those are things that I continually learn and grow and can, can always can get better at always. And you have people, I have people all the time that call up and say, Hey, can we sit down and have a coffee? Hey, will you help my kid with that? Hey, can you talk to that person? Hey, you know about this. Can we sit down? And I've got one today, I believe, or tomorrow, I've got a meeting tomorrow. It's, you know, our third or fourth one. I've done something before that this person wants to do. So why not continue to have these meetings and we can, we can share it and it'll come back around another time to me. Yep. Absolutely. Well, so you move through life in a, in a different way than a lot of people. And I love, I love, by the way, having a atypical career path. You could have been an excellent nurse. My mom was, oh, by the way, uh, just so, just to run you through the similarities, my mom was a nurse, a neurological nurse practitioner. I went to her graduation from nursing school and nurse practitioner school, and I remember both. I've always wanted to be a teacher. My dad was a teacher. I will be a teacher again. 
I was chairman of the school board. I've already planted that I will be a substitute teacher when I'm retired. And I'm going to do fourth grade because I love the fourth graders. <laughs> I too wanted to be a doctor. My grandfather was a doctor. My mom was a nurse. I passed out in the surgery room at 12 years old <laughs> and realized that medicine was not my path. And then I, for some reason, wanted to be a lawyer. And then I realized that's a horrible thing to be. <laughs> and I don't know, did your grandparents meet in Sri Lanka? No. Okay, no, mine did. Right. <laughs> mine met in Sri Lanka, but what is similar is they were both in the military. Interesting. British, wow. British military, yes. Love we that. have We have a lot of similarities. And we have a passion for kids, and we have a passion for people that are becoming adults and trying to figure out their life, and we have a passion for excellence, and we made some sacrifices that we are so glad we made. So what sacrifices did you make in your life that you would never regret and you would encourage your young self to take again? Um, and that's tough, right? For, for my young self, because like you, um, you know, <laughs> I was, uh, I was a little trouble in high school. I was, I was an athlete, played sports, played football, baseball, but you know, I had a different path. I had a different, you know, I knew everything. So I dropped out of high school, quickly realized I didn't know everything. But one, you know, one, one, one regret I will never have is always putting people first because if you kind of back to my earlier, if you can give somebody a hand up or put them, make them feel, you and I have a couple of friends in common. I won't put out any names, but when you walk into that room and you talk to this individual, you would think that you are the only one in the room. So just listening to people, right? Just listening and, and being genuine. Um, so those are things that, that, that I don't regret. And um, when it's, you know, not necessarily a sacrifice, but um, just always putting people first and, and maybe sacrificing my own comfort at times, right? Or my own wants and needs, you know, it'll come back around, you know, I'm just planting seeds and I'm watering them and eventually someone will come and water me. Yeah. And, and, and I talk, I talk, you, you have the hand up, not the hand out. I have the palm down giving. We probably both stole them from some other speaker that we saw. I know <laughs> I stole mine. Yep. No, I stole mine. Yeah. Uh, wisdom. I I've thought about a lot recently. Wisdom comes with experience. So like you, I knew everything in high school and everybody was an idiot. And then I went to college and man, I knew a lot, but I kind of found my place. And then it got even worse when I got out of college and was in my business because I was successful. So my business partners had to reprimand me quite frequently <laughs> for my for my arrogance. And then over time, what I found was experience, experience, experience. Then I knew, and you get that confidence with wisdom, but you can't have wisdom without experience. And I was thinking about, you know, Billie Eilish, she's 19 years old. She won the best album or whatever the award was last night. I was thinking, wow, she's 19 years old. She's three weeks older than my son. I wonder what her wisdom is compared to the average 19-year-old because of the exposure. Like, could I give her investment advice? Maybe not. She's already had so much experience with that. So you can be really wise at younger ages, but you have to have some experience. And most of people's experience that creates wisdom isn't a Billie Eilish experience where all of a sudden you've got to deal with fame and fortune. A lot of experience comes the hard way by taking abuse in some form or having some real struggles. So oftentimes you might have a peer next to you that's the same age, 
But wisdom-wise, they might be 20 years older because of some positive or negative experience. And most of the time at the time, and I've had them, you've had them, I haven't had as really bad experiences like some people, at the time they feel debilitating and they feel um, destructive, but in the long run, they're empowering and they're constructive. Yep, 100%, I would agree with that. You know, And I think that's, um, I hate to keep going back to the military, but that's exactly what they do, right? It's a, it's a negative experience early on, you know, when somebody is waking you up super early and uh, making you do things and walking miles on end and rolling around in sawdust and sand. And it's like, man, this sucks, but you come out of it and you're a stronger person for that, you know, and, and just a simple, and I, and I just, again, that, that could be any, any career, you know, any career in, uh, in life is, you know, those hard times, those, those scraped knees and, you know, those scars actually, you know, you, you know, people, I, you know, I got great hair and I say, Hey man, I'm not killing, I didn't color my hair. I earned it. My every earned every single one of those gray hairs. I'm, I own it and I love it. Well, oftentimes, and the question's interesting, what sacrifices have you made that you never regret? And oftentimes uh, the hardest points in our life, the most challenging points in our life are the ones that we never regret and make us who we are today. So Keith, I really appreciate you coming out today and joining us on the Edge of Excellence. We really appreciate the wisdom that you shared. And again, if you're looking for a job, why not check out icr-staffing.com, ICR Innovative Career Resources-staffing.com and see if Keith can help you out. He already told you he'd take your call, so maybe you need to pick his brain and make him a mentor. Thank you very much, Keith. You got it, Matt. Thanks for doing what you're doing, man. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.